This episode is brought to you by Crab Oz, hard-wearing apparel for the crabbing enthusiast. Join our membership program to receive members-only designs each quarter. Find us on Instagram at CrabOz, C-R-A-B-A-U-S, or online at www.craboz.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales and today we'll be talking about how do you know when it's time to get some help? Today, we'll be talking to Ingrid Mansley from Unearthed Homewares in Cowra, New South Wales. But before we talk to Ingrid, as always, we've got Brian with us and his level of professionalism is quite high today because he's eating his lunch and it's 4.30. That's correct. (laughs) So, uh, Brian, wins of the week. Have you had any wins this week? I had lunch on Wednesday. (laughs) What, you mean now? (laughs) Gosh, we've um, it's been a bit of a busy week, hasn't it, Bri? It has been extremely busy. I'm just turning my phone to mute. Mute, okay. The um, professionalism continues. You're basically just here, aren't you, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I've got a couple of wins of the week. I'm just going to move on. Um, oh. We signed up three people to our course this week, but that has a flip side because I have- Busier. No, not that. I've changed the delivery model. So, I've taken my course to um, like an online course hosting platform where people will be able to watch the video content and then when they come to our weekly calls, they'll be able to come to the weekly calls with- Questions. Yeah, relevant questions to what they've learned and then we can apply that knowledge to their actual business. So, it's another opportunity for them to just get more out of it basically so that when we're talking about examples, we're not talking about other people's examples, we're talking about examples relevant to their business. But what I was going to say is that uh, basically because I've had three people sign up this week, that has given me the push that I actually need (laughs) to finish uploading all of the videos to the online platform. So, I've got a little bit of work to do with that one. Well, congratulations, Thank Sarah. Thank you. So, we've had a chat about a couple of things. What's been happening with the West of the Waves this week? Well, this week uh, I've been working on a big delivery of belts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've got a big parcel of belts on the way, which is pretty exciting because I haven't had any new belts for a couple of weeks. And when I get those in and put them on the website, they are usually sold, if not straight away, like within a week. Mm-hmm. They just go so, so quickly. So, I'm really excited to get the belts in because people have been asking about them. I like the look of the belts. The belts are beautiful. They're handmade, wide leather belts, and like everything with that business- Not one of them is the same. Not one of them's the same. Um, And like everything with West of the Waves, you know, all of my products come from uh, I'm a taller girl and I was sick of- you know, going to the shops and buying dresses that weren't quite long enough or didn't have a pocket or, you know, and I had been searching for a belt because um, my old, you know, beautiful wide 
hand-plaited belt mm-hmm. had gotten to a stage of disrepair, couldn't wear it any longer. So, I was looking and looking and looking and looking and looking for beautiful handmade wide, like wider fashion leather belts. Could not find one. And when I did, I started wearing it in photos that I was taking of the clothes and videos that I was doing on social media for my West of the Waves clothing. And people would always say to me, where did you get that belt? And I was like, of course, if these people, you know, like my style, my product, of course, they're going to like these belts. So, I started stocking them in the shop and I've sold hundreds of them. Anyway, we better move along. So, uh, let's wrap into it. Feedback. We've had some feedback this week. So, we had one particular listener reach out after we talked about um, the TV ad that we did for West of the Waves. They have a molasses pump business and they wanted to get some information on the ad, how we made the ad, who we used to make the ad, some feedback on how successful it was. And I just kind of wanted to mention it because if anybody has any really specific feedback, we get loads of you know feedback about what we're doing. But if anybody's got any specific questions that they ever want to ask about a topic that we talk about, feel free to reach out. We are more than happy to share that information with you guys. Yeah. There was also a bit of feedback on our um, social media. Oh, yeah. There has been. There was a bit it of continues. feedback. It continues. The- uh- the percentages were high in my favour. Yes, it would seem that people really enjoy you, Brian, and your sense of humour. But what I would like to say is you are only funny when I am here. There's only... The funny. The funniness comes from the fact that you uh, do things that get a reaction out of me. Oh, so you... So you're the comedian. No, I'm not the comedian. I I draw it out of you. Oh. It's a teamwork thing. It's it's me reacting to how ridiculous you are. That I thought is you were funny. gonna say, well, twenty twenty percent of the people actually agree with you, so you're taking that as a win. <laughs> yeah, well that's probably true, they do too. Anyway, we better get into it. So the topic for today, just to recap, was how do you know when it is time to get some help? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, everyone knows that I need a little bit of assistance. Yes, you need plenty. But how do you know when you need help? Well, it can be tough. It can be tough with a small business Mm -hmm. because sometimes you may not have the budget to get help. Uh, You may not have anybody who can help you. And you can also sometimes get into a position where you're like really tied to the business and you love it and you're not prepared to give up the reins. So, I think how do you know when you need help? I think that everybody actually does have an understanding of when they need help. Mm -hmm. There's an exercise that you can do and I'm actually going to put a free download onto our podcast website where you can go and download this exercise and do it yourself. And it's not something that you do once. It's something that you can do repeatedly. But basically, you can sit down and write out your to-do list and then analyze your to-do list to work out what is your highest and best use What are you going to get the biggest impact out of and what activity is going to make things easier for you? Mm -hmm. And it also helps you to differentiate between, you know, what you as the business owner are worth versus, say, some particular admin tasks. So, you might be spending, you know, a huge amount of time doing something that you could pay somebody $30 an hour to do, Mm -hmm. whereas your charge out rate if you were paying yourself properly 
might be $300 an hour. So, you've got to work out- 300 That's a nice number. Well, it could be more. Um, it could be less. Why it could limit be more. yourself? Why limit yourself? We shouldn't really even be talking about the numbers. But what I'm saying is that if, you, if you're best in a position to be- making something or selling something, something or designing something or talking to potential wholesalers or trying to get your you know business name out there or doing marketing and you're sitting there stuck doing accounting tasks or um, responding to emails or you know whatever it might be posting social media if it yeah posting rather than actually creating the content to go onto the social media you really need to sit there and think what is going to have the biggest impact and mm-hmm. what is going to make things easier like proceduralized or whatever it might be so that the business can move forward because if you're bogged down in the day to day and the administration tasks then you're not you know using your time to the best of your ability. Yes, very good. I sound like I'm on my soapbox, and I am a little bit, and I don't by any means have this perfect. Brian actually gets stuck into me about this sometimes, don't you, Brian? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, move on. We won't delve into that. We won't delve into it. But one thing. Yeah. One thing. You were going on about what more things you could be doing, blah, 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 all all work-orientated. You could look at it a little bit differently if you get people to do these other tasks because what what uh, when I start a business, when I start my own business and, and what I'm trying to get out of it is a better work-life balance. Yeah, that's true. So then when what I, I think about, if I can get someone to, to post my social media or if I can get someone to go be the salesperson for me, that gives me the time to spend it with my children and my wife. Mm-hmm doing the things that I actually want to do because what I think everyone is is doing by starting their own business is becoming self-reliant and then being able to do the things that they enjoy doing. Yeah. It gives you that spare time. Yeah, so you want to create some freedom. This is something that we talk about because, you know, and I think I, I might have said it on an episode before, I definitely talk about this in my coaching calls all the time. If you've got all of the money in the world but you've got no time, to use that money to mm-hmm. go on a nice holiday or to spend it with your family or to buy nice things, then what's it for to sit in the bank account and tell people that you've got a lot of money? If you've got loads of time on your hands and you can spend 24 hours a day with your children but you don't have any money, mm-hmm. then they're going to be skinny. Like they're not going to have any food to eat. You're not going to be able to provide a nice warm shelter, good meals, etc. Mm-hmm. So really- what people are after, or what I'm after, I can't speak for everyone else, but I feel like there's a lot of people in my camp here, yep. is freedom. Because time plus money equals freedom. Nice. So, if you've got the money that you'd like to spend on creating the life that you want to have, having the the flexibility to go where you want to go and do what you want to do, and you've also got the time to be flexible and do the things that you want to do and go where you want to go, that is freedom. How do people, how do you find help? How do I find help? Yeah. Oh, in a variety of different Internet? ways. Yeah, word of mouth, um, people that I might follow on social media. I have uh, uh, like a lady who helps me with some of my social media. I've never met her. She has worked on my team for quite a while now. And I met her purely like through social media and what she does on social media. Mm -hmm. I have 
another lady similar who helps me with um, like social media ads, so Facebook ads and yep. that sort of thing. You know, it can be a great place. I think one thing that you need to be careful of though is that you've got to take the time to get to know, like, and trust these people, right? So, there can be loads of courses or coaches or whatever out there who will give you a certain level of information. um, And then to go beyond that or to go deeper, the price increases or whatever. So, I would say, take your time. Take your time, um, like, building a relationship with somebody and understanding what it is that they can do for you and make sure that you're extremely clear about what it is that you want from them before you engage into something. So, yeah, my biggest tip in that area would be just take your time to to get to know them. And another tip that Ingrid and I talked about in our chat was about how if somebody is willing to take that little bit of extra time with you and communicate with you and build a relationship, you know, give you some knowledge for free, uh, help you along the way, then that's a, you know, a great way to start the relationship to understanding what they might be able to help you with in your business. Because if they're prepared to give away a level of knowledge for free, there's potential that they know a lot more um, and that they're going to be very generous in how they help you with your business. Very good. Do you think people can do it all themselves uh well look they might think that they can <laughs> some people Did might you think be able you could to at the start well at the start i could because my business was quite small and i had you know the time uh to be able to put into learning and growing myself i know that sometimes you don't necessarily agree with this you think that i could have outsourced some things early on but I feel like the knowledge that I gained in being able to do it myself mm. was now invaluable because that is knowledge that I teach to other people. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't have a whole lot of expenses. Let's remember that I started West of the Waves when I had a brand new baby and my only expense was the cost of hosting my website, which was like $40 a month. It was buying my URL, which cost me $18 plus GST, so $19.80. And I had to buy my first lot of stock, which cost me about $1,000. Mm-hmm. So I invested around, you know, just a touch over $1,000 into building my business. So I wasn't hugely in the hole to have to then go back and like recoup that money really fast. If I had spent 50,000 and I needed my business up and running and bringing, you know, money back into the business to pay the bills, I quite likely would have gotten some professional help on some of the things. But because I started out very small and very slowly, I was able to take the time to build my business myself and- you know, you know where I'm going with that? I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Hopefully the audience does as well. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think everyone everyone can do stuff by themselves. Yeah. But at some point they will they will need support. Um, Absolutely. Whether it's support from another person, whether it's support from a an internet support, whether it's an individual what what is the um what do you have that helps you? 
Or virtual assistant. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So, and also you, you have a virtual assistant that, that helps you. So Yeah, and I mean, you know, from when I started West of the Waves with just myself and, you know, very little expenses and, and very, very few products, et cetera, to where I am now, I have somebody that helps me with my accounting. I have someone that helps me with my social media. I actually have two people who help me with my social media, um, a VA, you know, and I, I could probably do – with an actual PA or an admin person to take some more of that load off me. So, from where I started to where I am now, there's uh, been a huge amount of growth. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, now it's time for your chat with uh, Ingrid. This episode is brought to you by Craboz. Hardwearing apparel for the crabbing enthusiast. Join our membership program to receive members-only designs each quarter. Find us on Instagram at craboz, C-R-A-B-A-U-S, or online at www.craboz.com. I know that I briefly introduced Ingrid at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little more about her. Ingrid owns a beautiful store called Unearthed Homewares based in Cowra. She's also an absolutely amazing interior designer. So maybe Ingrid, could we start? Welcome, of course, to the podcast, but could we start by getting you to explain to us where Cowra is and maybe a little about your small town? Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Cowra is in the central west of New South Wales. We're about four hours inland from Sydney and um, about an hour from Bathurst and Orange approximately. So we've got a great little spot here and we're within travelling distance of, you know, lots of other great shopping towns and spots to go to. So, yeah. Amazing. And have you been in Cowra long or, you know, is that your hometown? No, I actually grew up in New Zealand. You may have picked that already. (laughs) I was kind of trying to draw it out of you. (laughs) Yeah, my husband was born here. He's lived here pretty much all his life. We met in New Zealand and basically after we decided to, long story, after we decided to get married, we decided to live here. So that was 18 years ago I moved here. Wow. And do you love it? There's pieces I love about it. I would love for it to be a little closer to the coast, but it is a great little country town. It's really good for family living. Just things like commute is so easy. Yeah, and I think too, it's so lovely, especially getting into the retail side of things. Once you start to get to know people, I mean, if I was a newbie here. Obviously, I knew no one. And um, it's, it's small enough that you can quickly find friends and feel like you sort of fit in as part of the community. Yeah, that's beautiful. So how did you come to own Unearthed Homewares? Because you didn't actually build the business, you bought the business, is that right? Correct, I did. I had started doing my interior design in town and basically the previous owner had a lot on her plate and she approached me and offered it to me and just basically said, it's a little opportunity, I haven't advertised it yet, would you be interested? And so it was one of those, the timing was not great. Um, We just bought our house we're in now and we just started renovating and, you know, we've got a couple of kids, there was so much going on, but I just couldn't, couldn't give up the opportunity and so we just decided to roll with it and do the best I could you know, (laughs) with the little time I had, you know, as a mother and renovating and doing interior design as well. But um, yeah, we just kind of went, let's do it. Let's just give it a shot. 
what can you lose? So yeah. That's so great and so brave because there are a lot of people who might just let that opportunity slip them by and you, you know, obviously weren't willing to do that. How long have you owned Unearth Homewares? Almost four years now. Yeah, it is, I suppose, a little bit of a brave jump when I had so much on my plate already. Um, it does mean a few other projects have been put on the back burner or been put on hold because of it. But also it's opened the doors for lots of opportunities. Like, for example, our house renovation was supposed to take a couple of years and here we are four years in and we're sort of like maybe half done. But at the same time, I've learned a lot. Yeah. I've you know come across a lot more that I think I would have because of trade fairs and things like that, that eventually might end up in my house too, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, I really like changing things up in my house and designing things. And I feel like sometimes uh, having a shop allows you to, you know, have that creative moment without completely ripping your house apart. I remember after I had probably more so my first child than my second because um, my children were so close together that I didn't have a lot of time on my hands. But after my first child, my husband would come home from work and my house would be completely rearranged and he would just roll his eyes and ask me where something was. Well, yes and no. I feel like we've never really lived in a place long enough to get to that point. It's been renovated and finished and everything's got a specific spot and it just works. And then it's like, oh, next project. Okay. <laughs> so we haven't, I haven't really pulled the house to pieces and changed things around much at all, really. It's just been more structural, you know, or sort of painting, flooring, all those sorts of bigger changes. Yeah. And then of course, whilst we've been renovating, because this is not our first rodeo with renovating. I've also done my interior design course. I've, while the children were little, we changed country for a few years and came back again. So <laughs> the, the idea of changing the room round <laughs> sounds lovely, but I, there's no time for that. <laughs> oh, I know. I think he thought I was completely losing the plot. If I had have turned up with a paint can and started painting things, I think you might have drawn the line. Or if I, he came home and I'd knocked down a wall or something, there could have been a bit <laughs> of blue. <laughs> So learning curve, it's been a bit of a learning curve, I imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. We did grow up, like my parents owned businesses and we went to work with them from small children. So the business side of things is nothing that new, but obviously every different business has its different elements to it. And obviously interior design was sort of my thing from the word get-go as a young kid. I did do the change around bedroom thing on my mother, my poor mother. So yeah, it has been one of those things that I just love to do. The opportunity sort of hadn't arisen to do too much with it until I had my first baby and she was probably three or four weeks old. And I just went, oh my gosh, this baby is such a good baby and I'm so bored. I need something to do. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, as you do, and I actually saw an advertisement in, in the paper because this is, you know, a few years ago now you actually read the paper for an interior design course that you could do from long distance. Anyway, and I looked into it and they were actually offering a scholarship. And so I, I got a partial scholarship for it and I did it the next four years with children in tow and moving country and renovating our, two of our own homes and 
managed to finish just by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I ended up with a certificate, which is amazing because it has really opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. And do you offer um, an interior design element through Unearthed Homewares? Absolutely. So it's from colour consultancy to right through to interior design. So it really is. If you just need help changing your paint colours and refreshing a room or something, or you just need soft furnishings refreshed or curtaining, drapes or, or blinds, things like that, right through to hands-on to a, a larger project. Absolutely amazing. I think that's so great. And do you offer that in person and also remotely? It's something I've looked into remotely. I feel like I can't give my best at doing remotely, so I haven't quite mastered that one yet. I do like to be on site and see what's going on firsthand and I think get a feel of the project, you know, walking into the space, feeling the space and feeling what needs to change or what needs to stay is something you sort of can't do quite so easily remotely, but it is definitely on the cards to try and organise Yes, at some stage, yeah. Now, Ingrid, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is recently we've done some work together and we were, um, you know, in the myriad that is Facebook (laughs) and it got me thinking about finding support, you know, like when you've purchased a new business and you're perhaps looking for some help in a certain area, how do you know when you need help with something? Oh, that's tricky. I'm one of those people that tries to do everything. I really do. And I think when it comes to tech, I know that I need support, but it's a little tricky knowing who to actually, where to look for it and who to find. So that's why it's been amazing talking to Tori through the Graham School and then meeting all you lovely girls because you've got so much to add and for me to learn. And also I think we really do need to learn to delegate because it's just so hard juggling absolutely everything. Yeah, but that's a hard lesson to learn. It's something I've learned probably, you know, three years in. Yeah, no, I know it can be. And with small business, it can be um, when you're starting out or when you're trying to grow and perhaps you don't have the cash flow could be directed to something else. Sometimes it can be a hard decision to make to you know, invest in a particular area. But I think you're right. And I think it comes down to your best and highest use, you know. So sometimes with small businesses, you can fall into the rabbit hole of the administration or the social media or the back end of the website where, you know, your highest and best use is obviously in designing and talking to clients and that sort of thing. So if you can wrap your head around the $30 an hour jobs that you might be able to delegate to someone else versus the however many hundred dollars an hour jobs, that's where you can sort of start to draw a line. And I know that I've even had to do that in my business journey because, you know, there's things that I do that I could perhaps get somebody else to do and then I would be being more productive and more efficient. Absolutely. I totally agree. It is a hard thing to give up though when you kind of go, yeah, I mean, it's your baby, it's your, it's your business and you don't want something to, to give it up to someone else who's not going to do as great a job as you'd hoped or you've and you've paid them to do that not so great job but i suppose the flip side of that is you may find someone that is over and above what you expected and can do so much better job than you can and it does free you up to do what you need to do and what you're best at so it's a tough yeah, one absolutely so you said there that 
it can be a little bit difficult to find the right person to help you. What tips would you give to people listening in? Um, because, you know, it can be a minefield out there as to one of the things that I've talked about in a couple of different episodes, and I definitely talk about it in my course, um, you know, with the with the small business owners who come to me to work together, is that I know of a girl, and this is probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I know of a girl who was quoted $4,000 to build her website. Then the website ended up costing her $7,000 to build. And by the time she was finished, they had her so sort of convinced that she didn't have the skills that she needed. And every time that she needed to make a change, upload a blog, change some copy, change a picture, they would charge her $150 and $150 and $150. And by the time I was talking to her, she'd spent over $8,000 on this particular website, which I absolutely maintain she could have built herself. But she was sort of so far in the hole with investment that she was very reluctant to move away from that particular service. So what I like to do is I like to empower people to know what they can and can't do themselves. And even if they do need to bring in someone else to help them, they're empowered and they have enough knowledge to know whether or not the person is pulling the wool over their eyes. So it's a bit of a roundabout story to say there's a lot of people out there who it's in their or they feel like it's in their best interest to have someone be reliant on them because that um, keeps them coming back and that gets them repeat business. So my question, I guess, is how do you negotiate or what tips would you have for listeners on how to sift through the people that are actually going to help you versus the people who are just going to give you the next little tidbit and then get you to come back again so that they can charge you again. Yeah, that is really hard to know because I feel like there is so many inboxes offering to, you know, better my website for me and make my Google search more, you know, visible, etc. And a lot of them I just feel, you know, they're just scam. They may not be scams at all, but you just it is hard sifting through, and I think that's for me literally nearly four years in, suddenly coming across Tori in the Graham School and then finding you girls has been a huge blessing because I think I really was at that point still still struggling and still sifting and trying to do the best I could with the knowledge that I had. And I was, you know, just sort of trying to teach myself. And there's obviously still improvements to be made, but it is really hard. I, I haven't exactly nailed where to find people, but I would say if you're part of a business group like the Graham School and you're talking to girls like you, it's just word of mouth, I think, more than anything. If you know it's a trustworthy, reputable person who's not ripping you off, who's doing the right thing by you, then absolutely go for it. Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely that know, like, and trust factor too, you know. So something that I learned very early on to look out for was that if somebody, and I still, you know, I still maintain this now, if somebody is willing to, you know, give you some help, give you some support, if they have free downloads, if they have tips and tricks on their social media, on their website, if they're prepared to give away that level of knowledge for free, then what is the depth of knowledge that they have that they would then charge for? If somebody, you know, directs you 
straight to their course, straight to their course, straight to their course, and they don't have time for you when they won't answer a little question or give you a bit of time. I think that that is probably a red flag because some of the pages that I follow and some of the people that I look to for support, I have learned so much from them whilst I was getting to know them and understanding what they might be able to provide for me before I've then gone and engaged them for help. And the other thing to know is that when you're looking at a pool of people, so say you've got 100 people and there's a study that's been done on this. They did it in America with one of those big home show type situations where people were going in and buying paint and tiles and whatnot. As people were leaving, they were taking information from them as to whether or not they bought And then they asked for their phone number and they called them in a month, two months, three months, six months, 12 months. And of the 100 people, around 3% of people were right now buyers. Okay. So they're the ones that bought something today and are taking it home. Then if you put the rest of that 97% into a pool, 50% of them are never going to buy. They don't buy, they were just there to look. And there's 47% of people who bought at some period between the day of the event and two years down the track. So you've got 47, if we're looking at that 100 as a round number, you've got 47 people that you can nurture and that they might buy from you later. So I would suggest that the coaches or trainers or, you know, people who can give you support or help you with your SEO, if they are not willing to give some information and some help now and they sort of, you know, wipe you, they may not be the people because if they're good at what they do and they understand the way that people buy, then they would be looking to nurture that relationship because they have an understanding of the fact that people might not need your services right now, but like further down the track, they will come back. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agreed. And it's and it's even in retail too. It's it's customer service it kind of comes under that heading for me and just helpful tidbits and knowledge, even just hands-on in the shop, it still is the same because they may not buy today. It, they may just go home with a bit of a, an idea of what they want to do or how they want to change something and they need to figure it out for themselves what that looks like. But hopefully you've been so helpful, they'll come back at a later date. And it's the same with anyone that you're sourcing for your website, any of your, you know, outsourcing. So talking about that, Ingrid, how do you work to grow unearthed homewares? That's a very good question. There is a few plans in the pipeline, but um, I think first of all, I really need to go back to the delegating side of things and I need to have the, the staff support behind me to delegate more to then be up to expand into some ideas that I've got uh, as to what I want to do. So my first and foremost thing right now is actually adding to staff. Yeah, nice. And that probably leads me into um, one of the questions that I ask all of our guests is we have the, you know, when we're looking at business, we have attract, we need to attract a customer to us. We need to convert those customers into a sale. And then we obviously need to deliver our product or our service to the best of our ability. And it's a circle because 
once you're delivering and you need more product space or more stock or more staff in your case, um, that then has a, a monetary effect. It costs money and you need to go back to attracting again because if you're having, if your expenses have gone up, then you'll need to attract more clients to make more business. So where do you think Unearthed Homewares is sitting at the moment in the attract, convert and deliver? I think from our chat, you're probably sitting at the moment between the cusp of delivery because if you're looking for more staff so that you can continue to deliver and ramp up to that next level, you're on the cusp of delivery and back into attraction because as soon as you get that nailed with your staff, you're probably going to fall straight back into the attraction phase and have to you know, work on your social media strategy and your advertising strategy to bring more customers to the business. Do you think that's probably where you're at. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. And the, the trouble is too, is that I feel so snowed under at the moment with um, the interior design side of things. Um, there's, there's a lot of building going on, which is amazing. That's awesome. But um, some of the other things are falling away, like your business strategies and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like if I could sort of add to my staff, I can get on top of the delivery and then of course that will attract more work, etc. But I, I, I can't offer any more without adding to staff if I could clone myself that would be really handy because then I wouldn't need to try and you know get what's in my brain to my staff I would they could just brain read me and it would be great <laughs> but preferably someone who's a little less um disorganized than I am like I need a list maker <laughs> A list maker. I need a list and maker. A, and also an executor. That would be well, helpful. that's true. Too. That's true, yeah. You probably, with what you're saying, with the business and the interior design side being so busy because of all of the building and whatever, that sounds like a, um, a high-quality problem. Lots and lots of jobs on at the moment. Well, I certainly hope so. That's what I, I like to deliver. Um, if there's anyone listening that is interested in design, Hey, have a, let's have a chat because I definitely need a sidekick. A brain reader would be great, but you know <laughs> that might be expecting a bit much. But yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, I do love to do. I, I do love it. It is what I like to do. And of course, on the flip side of that, I love dealing with the retail side of things too. So, but I have realised I need to give some of that up. Being a small town too, that's a little tricky. I, I do have to try and juggle because there's. People do like to see me in store and talk to me and see me, but that means that I'm then not on site. So it's just a balancing act, which I'm honestly still still trying to figure out that perfect balance, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think it's good to keep in mind that, you know, well, there's a couple of things in that. I know exactly what you're saying. With some of the small country towns, you want to go into that store and see the person. You know, it might be a little bit of catch up or an experience if that person's got a great personality or whatever it might be. So there is that element. But also, too, if we had all of these things perfect, then there'd be no room for growth. Like the continual learning curve and the growth and the excitement and the problem solving. That's what keeps us loving our small businesses, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And there's plenty of room for improvement for sure. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. It is. And I love I love the fact that I can still I still got my finger on the business side of things so that I, I'm still on the ordering side of things. I can see all the new stuff out there. And obviously that feeds straight back into my interior design projects as well, because I need to know what's one on trend, but you know, 
there's an element of what's classic and always will be in, in style. But, um, you know, a bit of a mix. And being a small country town too, my store is not just a reflection of what I love. I do try and carry, you know, a couple of different styles because there is not the huge population that you can have a certain look or a certain style. And same with the interior design. I'm, yeah, exact, exactly that. So I try to carry a fair range that you can walk in and you can see something um, probably predominantly country at the background, but it can be a little bit French or it can be provincial or it can be a little bit Hamptons or something, but there's hopefully something for everyone when you walk in our shop and not huge quantities. So, you know, you're not you're not going to see it here, there and everywhere around town kind of a thing. Yeah, when you go to someone else's house for dinner. <laughs> yeah, and I do love that. I love that that I can keep my finger on the pulse on the ordering. Trade fairs are so much fun, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it's always, you're always looking for new ideas, freshening things up so that the locals are not seeing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, Ingrid, tell us, what do you think is your best small business hack for the listeners? I've been thinking about this one. It's not exactly a hack, but I would say I left it too long to outsource help realistically, I would say if you were starting a small business tomorrow, I would put it in the plan to outsource what you are not strongest at, i.e. the accounting or whether it's the social media side of things and be prepared for the costs and um, find someone that you really resonate with on both accounts or whatever it is you need to help with. Um, And obviously keep tabs on it. But yeah, I think the reality of trying to do everything yourself means that you do nothing exceptionally well. Um, and you are, there's a reason you're starting a business is because you, it's your interest and you love it and you see an opening in the market, but you cannot give it your all if you're trying to do everything else besides. So that would be my one thing for small businesses. Look for someone who you trust to do the elements that you cannot physically keep up with. Yeah. I totally, totally agree with that. And um, so what's next for Unearthed Homewares? Well, there's a few little plans in the makings. I do have a new girl on, um, she's just started, which is really exciting. It frees me up for a bit more on the interior design side of things. I have just, um, I just have got a new house account, which house account is actually, which does lead me into the possibilities of more remote type um, help with the interior design side of things. Like I said, that's something I'm definitely looking into to try and make that happen. And I would love nothing more than to find a sidekick to expand the design side of things. And I think too, down the track, realistically, I would love to do a couple of projects myself that are my own projects rather than renovating somebody else's house for them. Yeah. What that looks like, I'm not real sure right now, whether it's an investment property or whether it's a, it's a flick type thing, but Mm -hmm. um, a house flick, but yeah, that's down the track a little bit. That sounds so, so exciting. I love it. So if the listeners out there are wanting to find you, how can they, you know, find your online store, find you physically or engage your services for interior design? Okay. So we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. On the website has my contact details. And yes, it's got my phone number, it's got my email, all that sort of stuff. I am on Pinterest also as Ingrid Mansley Interior Designs. 
And this house account that I've just set up, I get to learn about it. I've literally, it's brand new, but I know a lot of interior designers are using it and stylists are using it. And I am available. Like you can actually find people in your area that can help you with, you can put in a search bar what you're actually needing help with and what you're looking for. So as of very shortly, I will pop up on your on the house search as well. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so all of those details will be in our show notes. But Ingrid, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I've really loved having a chat with you and I hope that some of our listeners find you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, now it's time for today's wrap-up snap quiz. Woo! Your favourite time. Yes or no, Sarah? Okay. Do you need help? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I actually do. I really do at the moment. Um, you know, lots of moving parts, general organisation. But again, uh, I find myself doing some things that are probably, you know, administrative when I should be focused a little higher in the business on strategy and growth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at the moment, I definitely need a little bit of extra help. Beautiful. All right. Would you rather- I help you, or What's you get someone option? with a different skill set. Uh, another skill set, I think. Well, hang on. What are we helping you with? Well- The business? Your attention to detail- Okay, here we go. With regards to a few things- Neatness? Not as high as mine is. Let's just I know, say look, that. What I like to get it in, get it done, finished. <laughs> Make stuff happen. Right. Yep. No. Well, I feel like the attention to detail, I would find myself saying, you're not doing it right. I'll do it myself. What would you say to someone who thinks they don't need help? Well, I guess. Why don't they think they need help? Do you know, do they? They might be related to you. (laughs) You're a prick. Okay. Let's let's not um, take anyone into, just say someone is related to you. And they don't need help. They just keep saying they don't need help. What, what would you say to someone? Oh, look, you know, it's there's a lot of people, you know, I've been this in the past, that think that they can handle everything themselves. But how productive are you? How yes. productive are you really exactly. if you're trying to learn something completely new and it takes you hours upon hours and you have to gather all of this knowledge versus if you were able to communicate with somebody who was a specialist in that area and get them to do it for you in about 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think they just need to ask themselves, how productive are you? Fair enough. What would you prefer, Sarah? Someone with little knowledge but is trainable or someone not very trainable but has heaps of knowledge? Yeah, no, I'm going with the trainable person, 100%. Because I've got lots of knowledge but I'm not very trainable. (laughs) Exactly, so you're out. I think think sometimes you're exactly the same. Well, maybe I am, but this is my business and uh, you need to toe the line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you've really enjoyed today's episode and we will catch you next week. Make sure if you've got any um, feedback, questions, jump onto our social media at the Ecom Hub. Um, We love hearing from you guys and we'll talk to you soon. Happy Easter. 
Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the Ecom Hub on Instagram and Facebook. That's at the underscore E-C-O-M-M underscore H-U-B. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.